Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Well, 
Diane and I are Urantia Book readers. We're Urantia Book students, and we've been in the Urantia Book community since about 2011. Uh, we've been reading the Urantia Book and studying it for decades. Um, so we've been in uh, the community since about 2011, um, and we... We're, we're past leaders. Uh, I was the I was the president of UBLA, which is Urantia Book Los Angeles Society, and Diane was also on the governing committee. Uh, two years two years prior to my uh, presidency, I was uh-huh. the education I was the education chair for UBLA. Well, uh, in the Urantia Book, we have found since since we began having celestial team meetings uh, starting in August 2015, since we began, um, you know, having these team meetings with the celestials, information was opened up to us that there is uh, there's a paradise sun talked about or paradise suns talked about in the Arantia book who visit planets who sometimes incarnate, sometimes don't, on different planets to help, um, to help evaluate a planet's progress. And upon evaluation, has a team to, uh, you know, to help work on some of, the, some of the deficiencies, to help work on uh, pushing the evolution of those people and that planet forward. And that's known as a magisterial sun. Well, <clears throat> it's interesting how we arrived at this, Hercules, because we read about that in the Arantia book, but it was mm-hmm. during a team meeting. It was during a team meeting that the Celestials told us that uh, that the magisterial sun in the Arantia book is also known in other traditions as Maitreya, or Lord Maitreya. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that we stumbled upon that, so to speak, in the Arantia book and through this team meeting because since the early 1990s, Diane and I have been involved in the Theosophical Society. We're mm-hmm. members. We're members of the Theosophical Society, and also about that time we became members of Maitreya Great Tao. And those two. Those two traditions speak heavily, uh, uh, Trey Great Dow a little bit more, of course, uh, about mm-hmm. a coming world teacher or a world teacher that will come to help uplift the planet and help us move toward creating a paradise on Earth, right? So they told us that this Lord Maitreya in these spiritual traditions is the same uh, is the same personages or personality, celestial personality, as this magisterial sun, which we're told has come to the earth as a cosmic Christ, and we read about in the Arantia book. So two and two came together, and lo and behold, they told us in a team meeting that on March mm-hmm. 20th, on March 20th, 2017, that a magisterial mission with Lord Maitreya, this magisterial sun, would begin. <laughs> and and these uh, these revelations have been unfolding. Uh, I know for as long as I've known you, I'm I'm amazed at how much material uh, 
uh, you've been uh, bringing forth and how fast uh, things have been uh, moving. Um, and uh, I'm really impressed. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, you know, this was really wonderful, uh, getting to meet uh, the Celestials personally. Um, before this uh, August 15th in 2015, I had just talked to the angels generally, or to God. But once they actually came and set up celestial meetings, we have had the privilege and the opportunity of finding out a little bit about each one that is presented. And we were really looking forward to Athena and Poseidon because uh, we have been kind of... uh, Uh, told they would be coming, and we thought maybe Mm -hmm. in December, but it didn't happen. But finally in January, we had some meetings with them. And we just really have enjoyed finding out a little bit about Athena and Poseidon. Now, I know, Hercules, yeah, I know that you know so much about them. (laughs) And your wife is named Athena. Yes, and uh-huh. it's very clear that they're communicating through you because uh, um, starting with the local universe father and Zeus, there have been other uh, confirmations that uh, we're working with the same uh, celestials. So uh, uh-huh. uh, I find that very exciting and very rare. Uh, so I'm very curious to learn what new uh, has come through uh, from Athena and Poseidon because those are two uh, celestials that I've been working very closely with for much of my life. Well, of course, we know that Athena is a goddess, identified yes. at Rome as Minerva, and she was the daughter of Zeus and Metis. And Metis, we were introduced at first as Dora. She gave her name as mm-hmm. Dora. At first, they gave us just very simple names so that we could start focusing in on them. And Dora right. is the mother, we're told, of Athena. So, and of course, Zeus is her father. Well, she came to us, and at the very beginning of the meeting, and they wanted the meeting in the rancher room, which was kind of unusual because we haven't really worked out the rancher room to be a sacred place yet. It's something that they want, but we haven't done it yet. But we will. It's the room where the local universe father first appeared to me in. So we were in there, and it was a little crowded, but we had her statue on the dresser uh, in front of us, above us. And the very first thing that she pretty well said was, um, because I I started introducing her in the team meeting as a warrior Mm -hmm. goddess. And the very first thing that she told us was, no, no. She says, I don't want to be called a warrior goddess any longer. She says, I am removing my shield with Medusa. I am Mm -hmm. removing my sword. I am removing my my spear. Um, She says that she is keeping, however, her helmet. And it looked to us on the statue we have that there were ostrich feathers flowing from it. Now, she says that she is keeping the helmet for number one because the feathers are to remind people 
of uh, kind of like the Egyptian religion. They they use the feather as the symbol of Ma'at. Mm-hmm. And Ma'at is the spirit of truth. Now, of course, we know that Gabriel is a facilitator for the spirit of truth, but uh, she also is wanting to be thought of as someone bringing truth in order to bring justice. She's saying she no longer wants to be thought of as a war goddess. She says, please, don't talk about me in that term any longer. Uh, She wants to be known as a helping hand. She wants to be known as someone who will bring justice, but in a loving way. She wants to be known as someone that is coming to our planet, as someone who will bring justice to people, so to help Maitreya to bring all of the wonderful things that everyone deserves to have, the basics that every human being needs to feel fulfilled and prosperous. They are rewarded for everything Mm -hmm. they have done. And it's not karma. She says, you know, Michael said, well, maybe this is karma. Is this karma? She says, please don't use that term. She wants to make sure that everyone, just like Maitreya, has the bounty, the prosperous life, and has justice if there's anything in their life that they feel that they've been deprived of or that possibly they they weren't able to attain. That she wants everyone in the world, no matter where they live in the world or who they are, to have, just like Maitreya, all the wonderful things, the luxuries, the luxuries Mm -hmm. that this earth should supply them. So we were very surprised about that, that that she wanted to be thought of as more a goddess of intellect, more mm-hmm. a goddess of the truth. of the truth and of the arts. Uh, you know, I had not really uh, even known about that she was involved with the arts because I told you I only studied mythology in junior high. <laughs> Uh-huh. So <laughs> and I'm not like you. I don't I don't know all of this about her, but she wants to be thought of as a helping hand to help everyone find the justice, find the gifts that they feel they're entitled to as a as a human being. Uh to bring about the luxuries that we should be supplying. We have so much prosperity, especially here in America. Everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone should, is entitled, not just should, but is entitled to have the wonderful life that Maitreya wants them to have. And she has been chosen to be over uh, not only our planet. Okay, so you want to expand it then a little bit here. Yes. Um, Now, just to to regain a little context here, uh, Hercules, this meeting Uh that we had... This meeting that we had with Athena was on January 19th, 2019, so uh, not too long ago. So a lot of this information has just opened up to us. And I know you being a Greek scholar, you probably know many, uh, I'm sure, many um, of the expressions of the goddess Athena throughout the ages and, thre- you know, in different, uh, different traditions. 
Um, but she, this is what she's telling us at this time mm-hmm. that she's doing uh, with our planet and on our planet during this magisterial mission. Uh, we've found out a lot of, you know, through, through a lot of these team meetings, Hercules, we've found out that, uh, that the gods do lots of different jobs in lots of different places, you know, throughout the, throughout the super universe, throughout the super universes, local universes and such, that these gods do a lot of things in a lot of places. And we're sure that Athena has done so many things in so many places. As, but as we this, do. We, we, we do many different uh, things in many different points uh, of our lives, and so do the, uh, the celestials. You know, they're, they're, they're not their job function like many people think of them. They're complex uh, uh, individuals, and their job functions by which we know them are just a small part of who they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. So she's telling us this is what she's doing for our Earth at this time. And for this particular project, we're not sure, or for all time, we're not sure, but she is saying, please think of her in this way that, that Diane described, as a helping hand, uh, shedding some of the, uh, of the warlike symbols to uh, show us that she is, a, she is beneficent. She's coming uh, in a way that is uh, that is understanding, that is loving, that wants to help us. Not not a vengeful, wrathful God, but one that will help us to become better. Um, and then she uh, also in this in this January nineteenth team meeting, she also uh, you know <laughs> she. She blew our minds, really, to tell you the truth. She uh, she expanded okay. our thinking because, <laughs> because, <clears throat> because you know, in the Arantia book, we read about things in the Arantia book, and we say, oh, gosh, this is everything there is to know about the, the universe forever and ever in this 1955 publication, right? We think, oh, my gosh, there's nothing else. But we know mm-hmm. there's so, so much more. <clears throat> so we had no idea what... Uh, she was going to talk to us about regarding the magisterial mission. Right. You read in you read in the Urantia book that the magisterial mission seems to be focused solely. Uh, maybe others read more into it, but solely on that particular planet that that magisterial sun is visiting or working with. You know, but she has told us that the magisterial mission will benefit the entire solar system because Athena is going to bring this um, this justice, this truth, this outstretched, loving, helping hand, not only to our planet, but to the people of Mars. So in the understanding of the Urantia book and the Sixth Revelation, what are the people of Mars uh, like? Um, well, what what we're told, and, and we were surprised because I, I asked her kind of at the beginning of the meeting, I said, well, are you doing this just for our planet? And her answer, which I didn't expect, was no. Uh, she said she is also bringing a helping hand to the population of Mars. 
Well, we, wow. we said, we, we said, well, you know, I'm, I, I've seen pictures in National Geographic, and we've seen, uh, you know, and heard on the TV and the radio about uh, the explorations of Mars, and, and I know there is um, a face on one side of Mars that uh, really yes, does look like a face. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, other than that, we, we had never really thought about it. And, and we said, well, are, are the people on, on Mars now? <laughs> because, you know, we don't see them. I mean, you know, we take pictures of the surface of Mars. So we don't see anybody there. <laughs> uh, and she said, yes, they are. So she said that she is over uh, her jurisdiction for this magisterial mission is for the earth and the people of the earth, as Michael said, and I said, to extend her helping hand. She is not coming as a goddess of wrath. She is coming as a peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. Now, we, we wondered, what do you mean by a peacemaker? And that's when we asked, well, are you coming just for our planet? And she said no, that she also has been uh, given the position over Mars and the Earth, and that Mars is included in this magisterial mission. And then hmm. we asked, well, what about the other planets? I mean, there's, uh, you know, Mercury, which is close, and Venus, and uh, so forth. And she said no, no. She is only over Mars and the Earth for this 50-year, you know, 50-year magisterial mission, the population of Mars. We said, well, where are they? (laughs) Where are they? (laughs) You know, because we've heard about, we've heard that there might have been water, you know, there. I mean, they're starting to find some microbes or something like that, you know. So we're thinking, okay, where did they go? I mean, and if they're, you know, if, you know, if, I mean, if you're thinking, okay, well, <clears throat> there must be a lot of them because, you know, why focus a lot of attention in our solar system and on a, you know, a planet that maybe has a couple or something like that? But, so my uh-huh. reasoning was, my reasoning was that there are probably a lot of individuals on Mars. You know, um, but again, where are they? You know, we look on the surface of Mars, we don't see, we don't see any physical bodies. Hmm. So, so um, what we're trying to say that she told us is that they have lost their bodies, that they are in a, a level of, um, of change, of evolution. Mm-hmm. They have already lost their bodies. And they have also lost pretty much their astral form. Um, but they are still material and have intelligence. They are energies. Hmm. Yes. That have intelligence. Yes, they're like focalizations of energy that have intelligence. Now we're told wow. that uh, that this is what is of the population. Of course, their their bodies are are gone. They have been. Um, uh, well, I don't know what you would say. They have. <laughs> they're exterminated. I guess well, the there was body. A, there was the a body. disease. There was a disease that spread throughout. She told us. And yes, and she said it wasn't karma, or that they had uh, exactly that they had done wrong or anything, but uh, that it was a condition. She said that happened. So they lost their bodies. Uh, they lost their astral form to some degree. I mean, it's hard for us because we're just still learning about this 
and we're right. still, uh, you know, trying to figure out what is. Uh, several times I asked her, well, can you please tell me and explain a little more, because we don't understand what you're telling us. But I guess it's that they have uh, lost the bodies. They, they've pretty well lost the astral form. They are energies that have intelligence, but they have a lot of negative energies on Mars. And these mm. negative energies have been, um, uh, well, influencing the rest of the uh, universe, so influencing the solar system, the solar system especially. Yeah. yeah. And so they have been contained on Mars, but in this uh, form of energy uh, contained, and at the end of the magisterial mission, they will be freed to evolve again. And so it is oh, wow. a wonderful a thing, thing, she said, because yeah, they've been thing. contained for a long time, a very, very long time. The planet has uh, obviously, as we can see it, uh, been desolate for such an eternity, we would think of. But she says they've been contained and that they still have been putting out a warring energy to the rest of the uh, worlds in our solar universe, but also especially to the Earth, especially. So she is going into Mars, uh, Athena, and she is mm -hmm. going to be bringing a um, attitude of a peacemaker to try and calm the energies down, bring peace to them. Uh, and also Venus will be participating. She will not incarnate there, but she will be spreading love on the population of Mars to, to bring them through this period, this magisterial mission period, so that at the end of it, they, they can be freed, they'll no longer be contained, and they'll be able to begin evolving again. And that's the 50-year That's a good mess. thing. Yeah. That's a good yeah, thing. It's a good thing. Yes, that is a good thing. Um, it's a great this, thing. You know, it's terrible. Mars has been up there, and it's just been <laughs> dry and desolate and bone dry, to, so to speak, you know. Um, well, I, think a, I think there's a reason we've been feeling like, you know, Mars is the god of war, too. I think maybe uh, mm -hmm. intuitively, subconsciously, uh, the human race has felt, perhaps, you know, some of that uh, some of that negative warlike energy, and maybe that's how we came to think of it that way. You know, just just uh, positing that. Um, but uh, you know, she says that uh, she's not necessarily. Uh, this is, uh, I'm sorry, this is uh, Athena. That she is not uh -huh. necessarily going to visit or work with individually these. These energies. energies, these focalizations of energies, uh, that it's going to be more of a general work, more of an overall overarching work. Because you know we we've talked about uh, Mother Venus during the during the um, you know the new worldwide religion of love here right. on our planet, which is part of the magisterial mission, that she's going to be interacting personally with each person on the earth, Mother Venus with each person on the earth, mm -hmm. appealing to their hearts, appealing to love in their hearts. And Gabriel will be interacting, uh, bringing truth to the people mm -hmm. of the earth. Gabriel, Mother Venus, and Athena 
will be working with these energy people, I guess. I don't know what to call them. But, uh, Energies, intelligent energy. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Or Martians. <laughs> we can use that term. Uh, there you go. But, yeah, uh, why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that they'll be working with all of them in more of a general way, but with us a little bit more specifically for some reason. Well, yes, we we still have our physical bodies, and uh, we asked, well, uh, will Gabriel be giving uh, truth to them? And um, she said, well, it won't be like on our planet because it's uh, too late for that. Um, What Mm. they're mostly going to do is more spreading the love from Venus. Venus will not go into the Martian energies, but she'll be spreading love all around the planet and on the planet to help. But Athena will be a little bit more involved with them, trying to uh, be coming in as a peacemaker to kind of uh, help quell these uh, very um, aggressive, almost warlike uh, energies that have been surrounding Mars for so, so, so very, very long. So so I could see Hercules where... You know, I could see where that would be part of the magisterial mission, you know, the the work that they would be doing on Mars because uh, you know, if if it were if there were a little more, you know, positive vibes coming from Mars, perhaps uh <laughs> perhaps the Earth might benefit, you know, from from less of that negative energy, I mean, you know, yes. uh, assuming that that's what's happening. And then um we're not too sure what's happening in the magisterial mission. Uh, with the gas planets, the outer planets, uh, but we're told that uh, generally, generally that uh, you know, like Mercury and and Venus and and Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, that they are kind of moving along. You know, they're kind of moving along mm-hmm. in their own evolutionary schemes, their own cycles. Uh, they're doing okay, I guess, so to speak. Well, they're still they're still evolving and always will. You know. Um, and, and so that's the difference. Right now they're focusing on Mars and the Earth. If they can uh, free these energies, these negative energies, if they can bring about peace um, over them and give them love and balm, a balm of love, then and, and they are freed at the end of the uh, magisterial mission, and then they can continue evolving yeah. upward. That's a good thing. Yeah, they can finally right. be released. So uh, we're we're trying to wrap our heads around what she's saying, and it was a little hard. But but uh, also um, that they did tell us that after the magisterial mission, that they would recede and repopulate Mars, and that's a good thing. That's a very good will, thing. Will it be us that will be? Uh, will it be the humanity that uh, uh, reaches Mars and colonizes? Because. Uh, um, this is something that humanity has been talking about uh, since uh, uh, before space travel became a reality. Um, you know, this is something we didn't get into with her yet. You know, we've only talked to her two or three times, and there is so much that we, so many questions that we had. Yeah, we have that question too. Yes, we we do too, but we haven't uh, we haven't approached her with that of what's but, going to happen. But I I think like uh, you know maybe this might be an answer to the question that, you know how I mentioned that, uh, you know uh, it would it would. Um, it would stand to reason that uh, they would want to work with Mars, 
during this magisterial mission to benefit the earth. Well, it seems like there has been a push, hasn't there, uh, to to work with Mars. I mean, I know it's you know it's right next to Mars, but there's been a kind of a push. Uh, there's been you know the Mars rovers, uh, Elon mm-hmm. Musk, Elon Musk with all of his work with SpaceX and all that, and you know they want to put people on Mars and possibly colonize it by twenty. 30-something, I'm not, I, I can't uh-huh, remember yeah, the, the next, I don't uh, know by 2030, but... Did, did you know, <laughs> did you know the year or anything? No? No, no, but I know that it's in, it's, uh, in this century that they were talking about <laughs> <Yeah. doing> that. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I need to be a little more informed about that. Part. Yes, like I say, Hercules, you know so much more than we do. We're just really just kind of trying to find our way here of what what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I think, so, I think we all are, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the beautiful thing about contacting all these celestials that it brings more questions than it does answers. Oh yes, yes we have so yes. many now. But I tell the celestials all the time. I say I I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity to ask you and to explore this, you know, and to uh-huh. share it with others. So so I appreciate them. But uh, certainly, wow, lots of <laughs> lots of questions, you know. Um, yeah. But but the thing is, I think one of the conclusions uh, that that I reached kind of early on in my Urantia book study was that uh, I believe that we as personalities and the personality being the divine spark of God, the Mm -hmm. the Atman, the the portion of God that manifests, you know, and the soul and the spirit that, um, that we don't just work. I, I believe we don't just work on this planet or just in this solar system. I believe that, that um, I just feel that we have so many different jobs that we do from lifetime to lifetime, from body to body to manifestation to manifestation on many different solar systems throughout the local universe, maybe even throughout the super universe. I'm not sure, although you get into higher spirit levels and things like that. But, but certainly on the Marancha level, the local universe level, I think we go all over the place, you know. So it could be that maybe, excuse me, it could be that maybe some of the people from the Earth go to Mars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe some of them, maybe a lot of them, maybe they go as helpers, maybe they go as students, maybe they go as new souls. I don't know. No, we don't know yet. We're only, right now, we're not saying anything they've said because we're we're holding this for another um, meeting with her because this was enough for us. Um, And it does kind of bring us on to Poseidon. The Unarians have a lot of information on the planet by planet and the different evolutionary uh, uh, trails and things like that. Uh, their literature is very rich in, oh, in that yeah, type of information, yeah, and it, it might provide some clarity. And before we move on to Poseidon, uh, basically uh, on the Athena's front, what uh, we're mm-hmm. doing here is first uh, I've declared the Crestal Public Library as our Athenaeum. And oh, the Athenaeums were like a combination of uh, college and museum mm-hmm. <laughs> in ancient times. And uh, so basically that's our Athenaeum. Uh, we developed a children's program that uses Greek mythology to promote the STEM and STEAM. And STEM mm-hmm. is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And this is mostly uh-huh. for kids. And yeah. STEAM, uh, the A is art. So uh, the oh. arts are incorporated in there. And uh, the uh, Greek mythology is a role-playing game, so this is dedicated to Athena uh, as the goddess of uh, heroic endeavor. 
so basically uh, um, the the games allowed the kids to you know pick like a heroic type and then to be that hero in a series of myths. And these are oh, new myths uh-huh. that are based on old myths. Like right now we're right. in the time before the voyage of Yargo, and uh, uh, they actually today they were the Festus's forge in the island of Lemnos. Uh, and they were uh, forge. Yes, the Festus's forge. That's where they mm-hmm. were today, uh, and uh, they adventured there. So they, these are for fun stories that teach Greek mythology in a new way and promote an understanding of uh, the myths, but they also support the library's STEAM and STEM efforts. So we've been doing that for a few years. Uh, And then uh, for adults, uh, we're starting a vocational program, a career program, which is, uh, of course, dedicated to Hercules because he's the god of the labors uh, and uh, making vocational choices. So um, that career center is going to help people, um, you know, find their new way in this uh, gig economy, as they're calling it, you know, this changing job market and help people navigate it better and create a better life for themselves, their families, and their communities. So that's uh, that's starting on April uh, uh, 4th, actually, the, the latest iteration of it. And then I'm also the uh, uh, president of the uh, Friends of the Presque Library. I'm the director of this new uh, career services initiative, uh, I was invited to be on the board, and I'm on the grant writing committee. So uh, those are all dedicated to Athena uh, because uh, the library should be the heart of the community. It should be uh, a place where people can connect and network and, uh, and learn and, uh, uh, and launch their dreams. So, you know, we're doing a lot of uh, that and trying to keep the library a relevant institution uh, during a time when many people are saying, who needs libraries? You know, books are, are outdated and you know, they don't even <laughs> need books anymore. So, well, so that's a we major the, challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go to the library almost every weekend, Hercules. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love libraries too. That's why I do so much time for them. But, but that's the challenge, making them relevant in, in an age that seeks to make them irrelevant, keeping them vital in the community and a, a force to be reckoned with, and then uh, coming yeah. up with new ways and new uh, things that libraries can do. And, of course, again, libraries are dedicated to uh, Athena. So uh, Athena is very much on our minds and in our energies, and that's what, uh, mm-hmm. how, what you were talking about translates in my small community here. Well, and you know, the, the with your Athenaeum, uh, Hercules, jobs are so important, you know, to get people yes. doing jobs and getting them involved in the community, giving them a sense of ownership of their communities and everything. So I know that's an extension of work that you have done for so, so long, Hercules, and yes. such, a, such a benefit uh, to your community and, and, and to the world, your, your example. As, as our... As as are you, and uh, that's why I love uh, working with you both because uh, you too you give your all, uh, you know, not only to the betterment of your family but to your community, the world, and uh, by extension because of the work we're doing with celestials, the solar system, and possibly even wider circles in the solar system. Oh, let's hope so. I I know we we take our children, you see, to the library almost every weekend, and we feel it's one of the best things that parents can do for their children is to take them to the library. There are activities, (laughs) and uh, um, aside from the free books, there are free movies and free music. Oh, yes, the children take advantage of all of that. 
They have activities so and events. Which is their yeah. life. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's at the library, Hercules, that I put uh, I put all of the videos up on our uh, on our YouTube channel. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. really yeah, they've got really fast uh, fast internet, so that's where I put all my videos, uh, all of our videos for our YouTube channel. Which, you know, our videos are, uh, you know, they're they're chronicling our uh, our team meetings, our time with the celestials here, and the message that they want to have humanity know at this time. And of course, we know that we're only one small portion of what you know, they want to share and what they want to accomplish. Uh, There are many, many groups out there doing work influenced by Athena, by Mother Venus and Gabriel and the local universe, Father Zeus and local universe, Mother Hera. Uh, But anything we can contribute, we we, we try our best, you know. We, we, um, We, of course, have to balance our lives. We have to keep healthy and balance my job. I got three, I have three jobs. I'm a teacher. And Diane has a full mm-hmm. plate here at home with the kids. <laughs> but anything we can do to raise our kids with uh, with books and have them know lots of history and knowledge to contribute, and for us to spread these messages um, is is uh, is tremendous. But it's a big responsibility, you know. Of course, as you know, um, you have sure. to bring in the you have to bring in the dough too <laughs> to be able to do it. Just to be yep. able to survive today. <laughs> And, and, that, and that's why the, the vocational, uh, because um, things have changed. This isn't the same uh, uh, job right. market than it was uh, like a decade oh, no. ago. And and no. uh, th- there are all new things going on. There's opportunities that are invisible to most people. And then those opportunities aren't jobs the way most people understand jobs. You know, there are opportunities to make money. And there's yeah. pluses and minuses. Uh, and uh, a lot of uh, places of traditional employment are no longer hiring full-time people. They'll take you to almost full-time, uh-huh. but they yeah. won't give you the full-time to avoid paying uh, benefits and uh, right. uh, unemployment Absolutely. and all sorts of things like that. So you could be it's working uh, 29.5 hours a week instead of 30 <laughs> and be a part-time oh, worker instead of, you know. Oh. I know. That's hard and, on people. Oh, it is, and uh, that's why uh, with the Hercules portion, the labor portion, uh, I've also partnered with uh, the American Workforce Association, which is a a new type of labor organization. It's not a union, uh, but a lot of the things that the unions did that were good, they're seeking to do them. Uh, So right now they're just starting out, and they're part of what we're doing, and uh, um, we also, uh, I, I have gotten involved with several enrichment companies, so this makes use of teachers. And they don't mm-hmm. offer a lot of hours, but they pay very well for the hours that they offer. Right, um, right. So yeah, they're having a difficult time because they're a new mm-hmm. type of thing, you know, recruiting people. So uh, mm-hmm. I partnered with uh, the library so they can come and recruit at the library. And I partnered with the Chamber of Commerce uh, so that businesses can, you know, more easily recruit through some of the things that we're doing. So we're trying mm-hmm. to unite our community by, by like you were saying, that the, a better life. By spreading right. this understanding that 
you know, you might feel that you're not doing as well, you know, and you might be struggling, but there's a lot of hidden opulence and you just need to know where to look for it. You need to be able to open your eyes to it and to take advantage of it. And that's something we're going to do for you here at the library. We're going to teach you how to look. We're going to teach you that's where wonderful. to look. And in the beginning, know, uh, we're going to bring people here to connect you, you know, so that uh-huh. uh, you can do this. Well, we're trying to get our children really um, more active with the library. They, they they have activities, too, where on March 23rd they're going to be bringing in people and they'll all be dressed up like um, superheroes and different things like oh, that. Wow. So it should be a really, really fun event. That's March 23rd, so the boys are looking forward to that. And, of course, we love the superheroes, too. <laughs> We've got our own real superheroes here. <laughs> There yes, are that's, real that's superheroes. <laughs> and we started uh, with some of the enrichment uh, companies doing superhero things in the middle schools and oh, in the uh, grammar schools uh-huh. so that kids can be superheroes and, and think about yes. uh, uh, what would they like to fix in the world and what are their superpowers and, uh, exactly. uh, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. Um, back in the day, we did that in Hawley, Pennsylvania. We had the Junior Superhero League of Hawley, Pennsylvania. And uh, <laughs> kids design costumes and uh, they picked something mm-hmm. that they wanted to fix in the world. Like one little girl was very concerned about energy. Uh, so she oh, had a yeah. costume, oh. and she would remind oh. her family to turn off the lights when they weren't using them and uh, had to be more oh. energy efficient. Oh, my so, so that was her Great. superhero thing, and she used to talk about it. And uh, uh, So, yeah, it, it's a very important thing, and I'm glad you guys are uh, very much into that as well because uh, oh, yeah. that's something I'll be doing more visibly soon. So uh, now and I could have a conversation with you, and maybe we could dream something even bigger and better together. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, of yeah, I, I actually used to do a little library program uh, where I'd go to the libraries and I sang my songs, folk songs, and played my guitar and would talk uh-huh. about songs. And um, well, I, I'm a lot Irish. <laughs> I've got Campbell uh-huh. in my blood, Scotch Irish. And so I would uh, focus on the, the Irish songs and folk songs and and uh, I did that and that was really a lovely thing and then I took that program into the schools also the elementary schools and I'd do a program for the schools I would go around from one school to another I did that for a few years and it was really very uh, inspiring uh, it inspired me <laughs> getting to be with the children you know so uh, I love libraries my uncle was a head librarian of Burbank when he was alive and, and well, awesome. uh, Libraries are our thing. <laughs> well, and who so, are the god? So, uh, who are who are the superheroes? You know, uh, Hercules. Who are the superheroes? You know, for for all the kids that can connect with all these superheroes and superhero movies, they're the gods. They're the gods. Yes, they are. <laughs> a, a book so came out, an excellent book called "Our Gods Wear Spandex." Uh, that demonstrates very clearly how the the superheroes we have now are, are actually the mythical gods of old. And DC Comics yeah. uh, uh, did a go. book on that as well, where they showed how, uh, uh, the, the, like, the Flash is Hermes and Superman is uh, um, Hercules, and you know they 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 showed uh, all of these correspondences. Uh, um, I have a whole shelf of books on that topic because it's such a oh, fascinating and expensive topic. <laughs> And uh, I recently announced a couple of times that I was going to do a superhero thing for adults, so we should have that conversation and uh, weave in some of the celestial thoughts on on that and into what we're doing. 
Well, that's fantastic, Hercules. And uh, you know the the um, the superhero. I mean, not the superhero. Yeah, the real superheroes. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's interesting because we, uh, gosh, through all of our studies and all of the connection here with the celestials, you know, they're coming to us. Uh, at first, they were kind of masked a little bit, and they they had personal mm-hmm. names personal names and they gave us kind of different titles and then as we got to know them a little bit more they would uh you know they would tell us who they really are well or who who they had been uh in a culture right. earlier you know uh-huh. uh, in different right, parts right. Yeah, of the yeah. world so that we could identify yeah, them yeah understand of a little bit of course, yeah of about them so so uh you know the the celestials uh they you know they've been coming to us and you know they're the real superheroes um but uh but it's interesting because because the what we have found what we've discovered through all of our studies with this is that they are always here um regardless of how they appear to other people regardless of at what time they appear regardless of uh what focalization of work they do at a particular time but they run through all of the cultures they run through right. all of the religions, all of the spiritual traditions right. in in some way, you know, yes. in some way they do. And and you, it's interesting to kind of um, bring it back a little bit to uh, like Unarius. You were mentioning Unarius, mm-hmm. and they and and some of the other um, you know some of the other traditions that talk about uh, you know UFOs and uh, spiritual spirituality. <clears throat> that uh, you know they uh, a lot of them and Elizabeth Clare mentions too. Prophet Elizabeth, Elizabeth Clare, Clare Prophet, Prophet uh-huh. mentions how we have been helped so much that this Earth has been helped so much by all of the celestials that are working on or through the planet Venus. Yes, yes, right. for so many for ninety thousand years. It's just incredible. Yeah, with, with Sanat Kumara and the other Kumaras and uh, right, Sanat uh, Kumara, yes, who's the Uh huh. Yeah, and, and we're uh, told. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's oh, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we're told that Sanat Kumara is Gabriel, uh, and Gabriel, you know, we know Gabriel in, uh, you know, as the angel Gabriel, you know, in the Christian tradition, in the Urantia book, Gabriel is known as the firstborn of the local universe father and local universe mother, um, the bright and morning star. And we're told that Gabriel Mm -hmm. is Sanat Kumara and that Sanat Kumara (coughs) sent uh, Gautama Buddha to the earth and sent Lord Maitreya to the earth. And now we're told that during this magisterial mission that, um, that Lord Maitreya, who came from Venus, According to Elizabeth Clare Prophet's work, in uh, November twenty-first, um, nineteen seventy-six, she gave this dictation to us mm-hmm. about Maitreya. Yes, and uh, according wow. to that, we have Lord Maitreya now at this time, not only on the earth but doing this magisterial mission mm-hmm. as a cosmic Christ. And it's interesting that uh, in the Theosophical literature, they talk about uh, they talk about Christs or anointed ones. You know who come periodically to uplift our planet. So, mm-hmm. gosh, Hercules, we have we have celestials from Venus helping the Earth. We have 
celestials helping Mars during this magisterial mission. We have celestials from other places than Venus, where I assume, I assume, I'm not sure, but I assume, coming from other locales to help the Earth during this magisterial mission. So these these superheroes, the real superheroes, are are here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> and that that is uh, that is something that uh, we should be focusing on from that uh, perspective, I think, uh, more. And now I'm very excited that uh, this is something we can talk about and uh, uh, play with uh, together uh, as well, because. Uh, I'm definitely moving in that uh, direction. I tried to link up with uh, several superhero networks, like Real Life Superheroes, uh-huh. and I interviewed uh-huh. several of them last year, oh, who, uh, oh, uh, serving their communities like, as su- uh, superheroes. Oh, and, oh you uh, mean like, like uh, people who are going above and beyond the call of duty, right? Correct, but some of them dress in costumes and have superheroes. Oh, they actually names, dress but, in costumes, oh, too? Yes, oh, yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. I wear a Wonder and, uh, Woman shirt. I told you that. <laughs> so, so does my wife. Yeah, my wife has uh, one yeah, uh, thing. And when people see my gold uh, armbands, uh, they ask me about them. They say, I tell them I'm married to Wonder Woman, and she lets me borrow them sometimes. <laughs> you know, there's something that's wonderful about that because it it raises your consciousness. You know, to be to be more than just a human. You know, because of course we are. <laughs> Yes, we are, and we forget that a lot of times. And so we, uh-huh, and, we do. <laughs> uh, remind us, we are nearing the end of our journey for today. But oh, uh, sure. I, again, I, we haven't heard from Nick. Um, you're welcome oh. after the music uh, break to hang out, and we can continue our conversation. Uh, Phoenix might be joining us. Uh, Mike McLaughlin. So oh, if okay. you're free and you want to continue our conversation, uh, you're more than welcome to stay oh, after the no, music break. Oh, no, no, we're not continue. able to. I'm oh, no, sorry. Okay. No, but, but, I'll, but I'll tell you what. Um, maybe uh, on the next program we do, we can uh, tell you all about Poseidon. Because yeah, that was really entire episode to Poseidon. Yes, and, uh, he deserves Poseidon an entire episode. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Poseidon's very much included in what we do with our mythic Atlantis and uh, – all the related uh, activities, so we honor Poseidon uh, very highly. Um, I have a link to your um, YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, is there any other contact information that you'd like people to have? Well, sure, Hercules. Well, uh, number one, maybe you could say hi to Phoenix for us. We haven't uh, yeah. talked to him uh, in a while. And I, we... I, I definitely will. He should be here very shortly. All right. Tell him uh, we hope he's doing well with his all of his wonderful projects or <laughs> helping uplift our planet. Uh, our, we have well, our YouTube channel is Michael and Diane Duncan. It's M I C H A E L and A N D D I A N N E Diane and Duncan D U N K I N. And we now have uh, gosh, we have 45 videos now. <laughs> I think uh, that is with, awesome. Uh, yeah, we have uh, you know celestial team meetings. We have spiritual gatherings, songs, artwork, uh, wonderful conversations with you. Um, we put a couple I'm really honored about that. Thank you, Hercules. <laughs> We're uh, so proud to be associated with you, oh, Hercules. Yeah. You have no idea. Thank you. We, we just we we wish we just wish that that we had all that knowledge now uh, that you have about all these celestials. Yeah. But 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 we're starting to read what we're trying. <laughs> yeah, and we tell all oh, of our you, friends. You have direct contact, and you you you're full of information yourself. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so greatly honored to have people with whom I can share in, information with. 
Thank you. Thank you. And we tell all of our Urantia Book Reader friends and leaders in the community about you, too. Uh, Uh, Thank uh, you. Of course. Well, you're fabulous. I mean, (laughs) you are. (laughs) And I have something to share with you. Okay, Starting very soon. Um, uh, actually, in the middle of the next month, uh, someone is going to come teach me how to do editing and how to transfer, oh, uh, the, you know, how to edit the audio shows. And I also had years' worth of TV shows that I've done. I had years' worth of other podcasts uh, that I've done uh, years ago. Uh, so I have plenty of uh, material. Uh, and now we've done many hundreds of uh, shows. So um, I'm going to be... Uh, um, expanding our uh, YouTube channel. Right now there's just Excellent. a few lessons oh. where I bless uh, my town. And uh, if you would like to put your uh, team meetings uh, on there as oh. well. Oh, uh, oh some, Hercules, some you are, are so kind. now about widening our circle too. Like there's oh, a few other my. places where it could go to greatly expand the audience. So uh, that oh. would give you an even wider circle. So that's something we could talk about when it becomes a reality next month. Well, Hercules, we are so blessed. Thank you so much. And I want you to know that all of our videos, all of our videos are centered around the Urantia book and our magisterial mission work here. Yes, and the Celestials. And we know that now we really feel, Hercules, that there will be a resurgence of Zeus and Hera and the, the, uh, the gods that you have been studying for so long. I believe that the world will finally recognize them again. As do I, and uh, and I'm very happy that we're working on that uh, together because uh, uh, they are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful beings who have been with us for a very long time uh, and incarnate among us, and uh, they've been guiding us, and uh, they've been helping us uh, evolve, uh, and they should get recognition. They, You know, it's so funny because they they really want a picture and they want a song dedicated to them. And it's just so interesting that they really do. So I just finished a picture of Venus, and Michael is writing a song for Athena. Yes. Oh, wow. I can't wait to watch, hear, <laughs> and uh, see them. Yeah, Athena. It's, and, you know, like we said, Athena is, is coming to us maybe in a little different way than she's come to other people at this time yes. for, for this particular focus, I guess. But, uh-huh. uh it's uh, Truth, Justice, and Freedom is the name of the song, and in parentheses the subtitle, Athena. Yes. She, she wants to come as a helping hand uh, in putting aside the, uh, the attributes of war. And her, this song will be on uh, starting on the, well, it'll be the fifth album now. We have four albums now that were, um, you know, that are they're pretty well finished. Uh, they're on streaming sites. And uh, download, download and streaming, uh, you know, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, all of those. Awesome. Uh, you wow. You can catch those. And this new song from Athena will be on, the, 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 just really quickly, the concept for the album will be uh, the expansion of the magisterial mission. Mm-hmm. With, with the gods awesome. and goddesses. Yeah. That is yeah. fantastic. And well, so thank, thank you, you so very much yeah. for being on and Thanks, I look forward to the next time we converse, both uh, on and off the air. And uh, keep up the good work. You guys are doing awesome. 
Oh, well, thank you. you. Together we will bring them to the um, view of the world again. <laughs> that that will do, I have no doubt. Um, we're going to listen thank now you. to Brent Tredorian's King of Dreams. Thank you again, Michael and Diane Duncan of the Magisterial Mission and the Sixth Revelation. And uh, thanks to all who've uh, been with us. Uh, we're going to go to a brief music break, and then we'll be back with part two of the show. Thanks again, Michael and Diane. All right. Thank God you. bless you. Right. You too. Do you ever?
Greetings and welcome back to Pride of Olympus. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and now we will listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve. One thing evolved. 
And welcome back to Pride of Olympus. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus. Uh, recently on Facebook, I made an announcement, which I will now uh, repeat to you. A call to adventure, our living theurgy workshops and activities, those in the near future, at present, and over the past two years, at Linda Marciniak's The Amber Dragon, will be tweaked, expanded, and repeated as the curriculum for our theurgy school in 2020. That's right. Uh, you heard that correctly. We're opening up theurgy school in New Jersey. Uh, we'll be covering a wide spectrum of materials and practices ranging from antiquity to the works of present-day giants such as Brandy Williams, Tony Merzwicki, Bruce McLennan, uh, and Jean-Louis de Biasi. And I want to thank Brandy Williams and Kat Sanborn for connecting me with all these wonderful individuals. Fear just all. But wait, there is even more come. Starting this April at the Creskill Public Library, we will be starting up our Temenos yet again. What is a Temenos, you may ask? A Temenos means sacred space in Greek. It's a space that's set apart. Our Temenos is dedicated to discovering and interacting with the many phenomenal manifestations of living Greco-Roman mythology and their local parallels in our surrounding culture. Our ongoing mission is to explore, honor, and celebrate the mythical world around us with a special focus on non-traditional subcultures, folklore entities, fabulous beasts, haunted places, celestial chariot sightings, otherworld encounters, eccentric personalities, unique establishments, and even quirky tourist shrines. Temenos is currently focused primarily but not exclusively on New York, where we currently reside, uh, and in New Jersey, and the states surrounding it, both visible and invisible. And now for another song. Oracle by Bone Post Orchestra.
up to. She got business to conclude. She is older than creation, and she ain't got time for fools. Do you really wanna see some future in the palm of your hand? Tell me what's it gonna be? Do you really think you really wanna? And welcome back to Pride of Olympus. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and I am here to speak about Artemenos. And lo, Mount Olympus guided my steps towards Tenafly, and therein I currently reside. What mythic mission could this move reveal? Tenafly, 
originally tenevliai, means ten swamps in Dutch. In Greek mythology, swamps were considered to be gateways to the underworld and other unearthly realms. These Plutonian gates, as they were sometimes called, were often protected by monstrous guardians, such as the Linnaean Hydra. Ancient astronaut theorists now believe these portals have been stargates or artificial wormholes bridging distant realms and time periods. The number 10 was considered to signify completeness or eternity by the ancients. It also symbolized the divinity Aeon or Kronos, known to us moderns as Father Time. Aeon's iconography conveyed the cyclical nature of time through such symbols as a coiled serpent or a snake devouring its own tail. He was often associated with Sibel, the goddess of the gates, as per ancient astronaut theorists. Could Tenafly, a picture postcard town in Bergen County, actually be the key that unlocks the mysteries of space and time and other dimensions? I am determined to explore this riddle and see where my quest takes me. And thus, this current adventure continues. And now, for another song. This time, Cloak of Feathers by Dave the Bard. Within this still 
I'm Hercules Invictus, and you're listening to Pride of Olympus. Today, we're talking about the return of our Temenos. Now, as I mentioned in the last segment, uh, part of our Temenos includes the Plutonian portals or Gaia's gates here in Tenafly, New Jersey. Uh, many astral explorers believe that these stargates are tied to the constellations in the Wheel of the Zodiac and to the planetary powers that rule them. Thus, we are led to the labors of Hercules, which share exactly the same associations. The Theban Hercules was originally to be assigned 10 labors, but two were discounted, thus bringing his total to 12. Both of the dismissed labors dealt with the water. As stated before, the swamp at Lernay was a gate to the underworld and was guarded by the Hydra itself. The stables of Aegeus, which... Uh, uh, cleared of their accumulated filth by diverting two rivers. Some say that this labor was symbolic of cleaning the accumulated silt deposited by the rivers themselves. Either way, if these two muddy water labors signify Tenafly with its ten swamps or the terrestrial gates that can be accessed locally, we are left with an elegant system of time and space travel that supports both ancient and modern conceptions, our solar system. And now, while you contemplate those things, Cauldron Born by Dave the Bard.
the powers of earth, sea and sky Dragon and fairy in shades of the night We call to our ancestors of blood and bone Of womb and tomb and standing stone Lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words and sing your spell Deep within this darkened hall Hear the goddess carried when called Come and taste of the cauldron's brew And magic she will give to you You will dance in the eye of the storm Your carried when's children The cauldron born Oh lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words and sing your spell Within this darkened hall Hear the goddess carried when called Come and taste of the cauldron's brew And magic she will give to you You will dance in the eye of the storm Your carried when's children The cauldron born Cauldron born, cauldron born, with a cauldron born, cauldron born, with a cauldron born. Greetings and welcome back to Pride of Olympus. This is Hercules Invictus, your host, and I'm proclaiming the return of our Temenos. Now, the Temenos is not something new. The Temenos is something that goes with us uh, on our journeys and that we establish wherever we settle. Uh, even in our podcast, Temenos made its appearance as early as July 18, 2016, on our Voice of Olympus podcast. If you wish, you can go through our on-demand and seek these episodes. Uh, and it'll be quite a quest uh, finding them. Uh, the first episode is, again, episode number 19, uh, and it was recorded on July 18, 2016. The topic was Celestial Lion, and our guests were Tina Chandler, Thomas Tonton, and Lily Bright K. And now for some more music, this time Gently, Don- Gently Johnny by, again, Dave LeBarge.
Greetings and welcome back to Pride of Olympus. I'm Hercules Invictus, and tonight we are slowly revealing the mysteries of Artemis, which is mythically emerging uh, and manifesting in the here and now. Uh, part of what we'll be doing in our Temenos is uh, having more frequent podcasts, and in these podcasts we'll be interviewing authors and reviewing their works. Now, I love reading about anomalous entity encounters and often share how those I've, I've experienced uh, have played out. Um, our Regional Folklore Society in Pennsylvania and our Center for the Study of Living Myth here in New Jersey uh, have provided a safe haven for people to share their own accounts, and we lovingly collect uh, these tales and occasionally publish them. Uh, Maria de Andrea, um, who has been on the show many times, her mythical, magical beasts and beings is a collection of her personal encounters with fabulous beasts and beings, as the title suggests. She launches with an overview of the topic and some advice for those who wish to explore the unseen realms. Then, info on mermaids and undines, dragons, vampires, elves, and other elementals, crystal beings of light, and astral entities. The accounts include wisdom gleaned from folklore as well as practical tips for those encountering these entities. Thank you, Maria Dandra, for an awesome book. Uh, included in this global communications release is also an introduction by the legendary Tim Beckley and three other books, Fairy Magic and How We Can Help You with um, by Penny Mills, Supernatural Animals by Sean Castile, and Animal Hauntings and the Hereafter by Elliot O'Donnell. I highly recommend this book. It is incredibly awesome. And we'll be talking to Maria again uh, on our new Temenos episodes in the near future. And now, John Barleycorn. There were three men came out of the West, their fortunes for to try. And these three men made a solemn vow, John Barleycorn must die. They plowed, they sowed, they harrowed him in, throwing clods upon his head. And these three men made a solemn vow, John Barleycorn was dead. They let him lie for a very long time till the rain from heaven did fall. Then little Sir John threw up his head. So amazed them all. 
Rivers your home. 
Greetings, this is Hercules Invictus. Welcome back to Pride of Olympus. Thank you so very much for joining us tonight. Um, I will be sharing more information of Temenos as it remanifests in our here and now. Uh, thank you again uh, for being such a wonderful audience, and here's our closer. for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. <laughs>